What's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy, a place for entrepreneurs, creators, and marketers to explore and learn how to use Web3 to transform business models and create thriving communities. Enjoy this next episode. GM, GM, what's up, friends? Welcome to the weekly Web3 Doer Spotlight. Today, we are spotlighting Bradley Freeman from Lens Protocol. Uh, what's up, Bradley? Welcome to the show. How are we doing? Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. So stoked to have you. As always, uh, my fellow co-host, Kyle Reedhead, is here as well. What's up, Kai? What's up, friends? I'm excited to talk about Lens Protocol today. One of my favorites in the space. So let's just intro Bradley before uh, we jump in here. Uh, Bradley is a social growth manager at the Ave Companies, focused on biz, business development and partnerships specifically for Lens Protocol, uh, which is what we're here to discuss today. Uh, Bradley began his career as a management consultant at Accenture in New York City. Uh, Bradley, I also uh, was a management consultant back in the day, so we can share war stories about that. Oh boy, late <laughs> nights, 80 hour to 100 hour weeks, savage. Um, he, uh, he, after Accenture, he joined TikTok, uh, where he worked on the distribution business development team in LA, uh, and he created TikTok's NFT pilot program uh, before joining Ave. Uh, and we really wanted to have Bradley on mainly to discuss Lens Protocol, but also uh, his passion for the intersection of media, technology, entertainment, uh, and the innovation of Web3 fits so well uh, with what we talk about on a regular basis here on Web3 Academy. Uh, so really excited to jump in. Um, why don't we just start, Bradley, with your sort of your, your Web3 rabbit hole story. We always like to get the rabbit hole story from each one of our guests. Uh, take us through, how did you first go down the rabbit hole? Sure. Well, it, uh, it's a fairly recent story, so I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, but about a year ago, maybe last February, right before sort of all the mayhem uh, with, uh, in March with all the NFT news, my boss at work was literally one day like, hey, we should look at this thing called non-fungible tokens I've been hearing a little bit about. Um, and I honestly just really respect and admire uh, him as a boss. And I thought he's really smart. And I said, if he says something like that, it means go learn everything I can and go Google everything I can find. Um, and, you know, within a couple of days, of basic research talking about NFTs with him, we started thinking about, wow, like this technology could be really cool and a huge innovation for any sort of creative talent, um, but especially for TikTok creators. Um, you know, TikTok has a, a fundamental question of how do creators on the platform monetize, um, you know, and, and this is something we talk about a lot. Uh, and we wanted to figure out, could we leverage NFTs as a way to help creators monetize and as a fan engagement tool? And what would that look like if, uh, you know, we could help as a company at the time creators actually do that um, and be the place where you go, where you've never made a video in your life and TikTok helps you find your audience really faster and better than anywhere else, makes editing really easy and content creation really easy. And now take that to the next step and say, also you can monetize because today a lot of creators uh, grow their community and their audience and they sort of try and migrate to YouTube uh, to, to get the ad share revenue there. And obviously you can't put ad rev, you know, uh, advertisements in the middle of a one, minute, one to three minute TikTok video would ruin the experience. So by necessity, <laughs> TikTok's gonna have to figure out some sort of monetization tools uh, that work. Um, and so that was sort of the, the the premise in the beginning. Nice. And 
in in that beginning, what sort of when you started to do your research, you know, maybe outside outside of TikTok, uh, what what caught your interest about about Web three, and what was sort of your first move into Web three? Was it did you buy some crypto? Did you buy an NFT? Uh, you know, Great any question. any early stories? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, as we started looking into like just our basic research, we also took full advantage of the fact that, you know, it was a nascent space and we could probably email a lot of folks and they might, we just might be interested in talking to us and we like to <laughs> dance uh, email address. And um, we really enjoyed like speaking to a lot of the, the OGs and, you know, about a year ago, a little change this time. Uh, there were not many, not nearly as many companies in the space as there are now. Um, and so uh, where it really hit me, though, you know, we were starting trying to think through, like, you know, what could sort of be like a, an entry into this space, given it's a large uh, Chinese owned tech company this is a very niche community that values authenticity. Um, the real like aha moment was actually a year ago today uh, when me and my, my partner in crime, who's now actually my boss and the head of growth at the Ave companies, um, <laughs> Christina, um, she was my partner in crime on this whole NFT project at TikTok. But uh, we we're lucky enough to get permission to go to the Bitcoin Miami conference last year. Mm. And today mm. is a year later from that. Um, and that was really where we're like, Hey, you know, we've been talking to some companies, like we've been trying to like experiment and think through what TikTok might do. And it was the first time we kind of ever met other people and um, mm. shared a little bit about like how we were thinking about it. And people reacted like, Oh my God, this could be huge. Like people mm. like it, it was, it was a crazy feeling. Um, people were so like more excited than we were even. And we're like, okay, we're definitely onto something. Um, how do we convert that, uh, you know, and take this knowledge and all these people we met uh, and, and convert that into something like in some sort of pilot program and see if we can um, get that off the ground internally. Um, and I'll mention as well, we met, we walked in Bitcoin Miami and we walked out with a spreadsheet of over a hundred people that we, <laughs> me and Christina, we spoke to in a few days. Many of those people are some of our closest uh, friends, partners, and, uh, you know, in some cases, coworkers today. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we kind of figured out, okay, uh, we want to do something. We're going to do like an Oscars of TikTok. We're going to auction off iconic TikTok videos as one of ones on Ethereum. Um, and we're going to also, and that was really to help the creators monetize and TikTok. We said, we're not going to take a cut at all. Um, and so, uh, we picked a few videos that we felt were like both culturally significant and, uh, you know, sort of a moment in internet history that people can relate to. Um, but that also sort of showed something cool about TikTok as a platform uh, implicitly. So uh, as two examples, I'll give like the first was like the board in the house video with Curtis Roach. Everyone remembers that beginning of COVID, like stuck at home, TikTok started taking off and uh, Curtis Roach, uh, who I'm you know, happy to call like a buddy of mine now, he, uh, he's like an independent music artist from Detroit. And, you know, that uh, his video uh, was sold for, I think, over, it was like 28 ETH at the time, I believe, and at $130,000. And so for a, a guy from Detroit, who's got a couple million followers on TikTok to make over $100,000, plus another 100,000 from the primary and secondary sales of the limited edition drop we did, where we paired the TikTok creators with uh, prominent NFT artists. In his case, we paired Curtis with a coin artist. Uh, who was so down to help us out with this project. And, um, you know, we, we was really to show, the limited editions were to show that uh, they were accessibly priced for fans and they had real world utility attached because we've been reading a lot about how, you know, you add utility to give uh, NFTs a, a 
you know, a, as a fan engagement tool. Like Curtis would like mm-hmm. to know who, who I'm not just giving free stuff away, like for access to free music or merch. I'm, I'm identifying who might be my biggest fan. And so between the primary drop with the one of one and the, sorry, the first drop with the one of ones and the limited edition drops with the, with the NFT artists, Curtis Roach made over like $200,000 in a week. Uh, and, you know, that was honestly, I think my career is now chasing the feeling of like doing that for him. Um, <laughs> like an addict. And, and it was just so much fun, right? Like it, it was innovative, it was creative. Oh, I forgot to mention, we also had, um, you know, I, we'd been reading, like it was really like a building the plane as we go. It's like, and, and seeing what we could get approved, honestly. Um, <laughs> Because um, you know it's it's a large organization, and and doing mm-hmm. sort of new innovative things can be challenging. Um, but uh, you know, we also said, okay, well, we've got these one of ones, we've got these limited editions, and the whole point of this is for this to be understandable and interesting to an average TikTok user. And if we do that, we're doing our jobs well. Um, and so we also said, let's let's go have a museum exhibit, uh, and let's have a cultural institutional partner like share the stories of why these videos matter and what's an NFT and why is TikTok doing this? Because it's going to mean a lot more coming from, you know, someone like that than it is from us ourselves, you know, patting ourselves in the back or patting our creators in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was literally like calling around me- museums in New York, like around this time last year, uh, like the MoMA and the Whitney and the Guggenheim was like, hey, do you guys want to do this crazy thing with us? Where we're going to auction TikTok videos as NFTs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what they say, <laughs> you know, some of them were like, no way, didn't respond. Some were mildly interested. Um, but you know, I, I was really asking like a one night event, something, something. And then we found this one museum called the museum of the moving image in Queens. So a little bit off the beaten path, not Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, I never heard of them, but apparently many people have. And, um, I, I basically they're like a museum dedicated to like media film internet history they had an exhibit about cats on the internet they've uh, they've archived the vine catalog of come on like no way and so they got it and they were like forget one night we want to do a one month exhibit about the video (laughs) the whole thing and we're like these are the people we're going with them um it'll be huge um and uh you know to to sort of cap it off like um we we also had a a lot of other partners too we had like uh, we were able to get uh so like the what's a video that lives in your head rent free girl if people are familiar with that one that was mm-hmm. a good example of a video where like um someone is uh you know it's like the first like viral one of the first viral like question and like a video that's designed to be responded to sort of in the remix culture uh theme that really does like is a big part of tiktok um and we paired her with um with gary v and gary v stitched the video and said hey your video has been living in my head rent free and this video is going to be an nft and that one sold for like <laughs> you know another 20 something ETH um and we also had another one with um uh this guy FN Mecca who's actually a virtual avatar virtual rapper so some mm-hmm. people have heard of Lil Michaela um who has about three or four million followers on TikTok but FN Mecca has like 10 million and it's like three mm-hmm. times as big um and it was this amazing story because the guy behind him uh is this guy who happens to be the brother of uh one of the co-founders of Artifact and we're like, wait a minute, hmm. look at this incredible story. We have two guys crushing it in their respective virtual, like di- like digital lanes, one on TikTok and one in, uh, you know, in, in our, at Artifact, uh, you know, we got to put them together. Like they're IRL brothers doing crazy virtual things. And so we had each of these like three drops that were differentiated, really cool partners. Like people were down to, to help us out, which was amazing. And a lot of the value that came from really showing up to these conferences and, and making the personal connections 
to to actually like share like what we were thinking and we knew it was a high bar but the whole point was we have to do something so authentic uh and so compelling that shows that we really like get it that people can't help but but support it and so it was for sure the thing like to that got me into this space over the course of last year i spoke to at least 150 companies and projects and individuals many of whom i like uh you know have been very influential in like my life now um and Basically, once the project at TikTok wrapped up, um, it became sort of clear that like the TikTok was interested in doing a pilot, but not necessarily much more anytime soon, at least as far as I could tell. I don't know if that's changed, um, but I knew that I this is all I wanted to do and really helping creative talent um, and, and these new sorts of businesses and projects like DAOs and, and other communities and brands figure out how to take advantage of NFTs um, and, and thinking through the sort of social and cultural side of Web3 um, brought me to Lens. Um, Christina, who I mentioned briefly before, uh, she had uh, left just a few months before me to join uh, the Ave companies as the head of growth. Um, and so she said, hey, you know, we're really starting to focus on Lens and I think this might be a good fit given, you know, our shared experience and, and interests um, in the space. And I was like, let's do it. And, and so uh, that here I am. It's that's the, the perfect transition into Lens, but I just want to go back to TikTok for one more second <laughs> because I actually met, speaking of conferences, Brad and I met at the Permissionless Conference a, a couple of weeks ago um, and, uh, and we were just chatting. Can you just tell a bit of a story about like why TikTok does not want to continue with NFTs if there is a story there or like what the holdup was or problems were? I just want people to understand a little bit of the inside of like what's going on in these massive, huge tech companies. Yeah, I mean, like uh, the answer is I don't really know for sure. Okay. I have my own perspective. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, it was it was a huge like honor that they trusted me as a fairly junior in the per company, like person in the company, to take on the responsibility and sort of like create this thing out of thin air. Um, you know, I, my answer is not really specific to TikTok. I'd say it's more like with large companies, particularly in the tech space. Uh, this is like like with many things beyond just NFTs, like. Uh, it is hard sometimes to do new innovative projects. Like it's the classic innovator's dilemma uh, when, you know, TikTok doubled its ad revenue from 17 to $34 billion between 2020 and 21, I think. And machine is running and the, there's a lot of uh, priorities. And, you know, uh, so it, it's hard to say. It's also hard to say if that will stay the case. I really do think though, like with all, like with many things, like if you're early, like there's sort of a lag time. Like these companies are large, giant cruise ships and it takes some time to turn them. So um, I certainly respect that they did the, we did the pilot and who's, who knows, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll uh, change their tune later, but I do know that like, whatever they're doing, I want to be uh, doing it now, you know? Right. right. And that's why you jump shipped over to lens, which let's, let's talk about lens. Um, so first we have, let's just differentiate between a bunch of different mm -hmm. uh companies slash protocols that are going here. So we have Ave, the companies, which is where you work, uh, correct? And then yes. you have Ave, the protocol, which is, for those who don't know, is like one of the, I guess, longer standing, most popular, most used uh, DeFi protocols in the space. Um, and, and then we have Lens Protocol, which is what Ave has recently launched uh, and actually launched at that permissionless conference. Um, and this is sort of like a, a decentralized um, social layer, which we're going to talk about a lot as well. Uh, is that the three? Is there more? Avi's doing uh, so much. That is that, that covers it. Yeah. I'm like, there's Avi, the companies, uh, like, so I'm an employee of the Ave companies, um, which has, cr which created Ave the protocol, which is now fully decentralized. Um, and then Ave mm -hmm. companies have also created lens, which is not yet 
fully decentralized because we just launched. Right. So walk us through, we want to focus and dive deeper into, into Lens, of course, because we want to talk on the social media side of things. So why don't you just walk us through what Lens is um, and, and really what problem it's solving, right? Because like we already have social media. So why are we creating another social media? Uh, so just talk about the, the problem that's happening in, in the Web2 world, I guess we can call it, and how Lens sort of can fix that. Totally. Uh, so Lens is an open social graph protocol, which I tell people, and sometimes that just seems like words to them, which is totally mm -hmm. understandable. Um, so uh, the way I think about it is, um, you know, we, have you guys familiar with the phrase, we say like, not your keys, not your crypto, mm -hmm. right? Like the whole idea that in one of the core values of Web3 and of crypto in particular is that you custody and you hold your own assets. Um, and typically we're talking about financial assets um, mm -hmm. or assets that can have financial components. Um, but we don't really apply that logic yet to our social lives and our social media presences, um, which are also assets, uh, you know? And so the, the whole idea is today, you don't actually own your social media profiles. You don't own the connections and followers um, or who you, the relationships of who you follow. Um, and you also don't really even own the content that you create and generate on uh, social media sites like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. Um, and so that creates problems that I think people have started to notice, but really haven't thought about as something that is a solvable problem. Uh, so people have content taken down all the time, like Elon, Twitter, censorship is putting a spotlight on this whole thing. Uh, when I was at TikTok and I told people, when people figured out I worked there, the number one question I would get from people is, can you get me unbanned or can you help me get my videos back that were removed? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so strange. I'm like, oh, this can't be happening that much. But like it happens all the time. Our own mm -hmm. founder of the Ave company, Stani, uh, was banned from Twitter just like a matter of uh, months ago uh, mm. for making a joke about becoming the interim CEO of Twitter. Um, and so the whole point is like, you know, we treat this like going to the dry cleaner almost or like part of playing the games, you lose an item every now and then, um, or you get banned entirely uh, when really like there are alternatives out there and like you should be able to not only from a speech and, and censorship perspective, own the content that you create, Mm -hmm. um, so that if tomorrow Twitter bans you, you still have every post you've made, every follower you've gotten, um, all of that, you can port it over somewhere else. Um, but you also should have more control over how your data is used and monetized. The whole business model for Facebook, Instagram, Google, all of these huge companies that we think are not, have, will always be here and are not going anywhere are advertising revenue businesses where they collect data about you, they sell it to advertisers, and that is the business model. Um, and as a result, we are, you know, people say like, if it's free, you're the product. And that's absolutely the case. Um, and so only now, uh, only recent history and, uh, and is explicitly focused on by lens is the ability to give people a way to own the content they create, own their relationships with their followers. So that if you're banned on a social platform, you still have a way to own that relationship, um, and, uh, take control over your profile and your data. Um, and there's some pretty interesting things that happen in a world where things are structured that way. Um, the simplest way to think about it is, you know, every time you go to a new social app, you have to create a new profile. You have to set up a new account. You have to get everyone you know to re-follow you. Um, and, and that's because each of these uh, big companies want to create a walled garden where they have their own graph, meaning their own understanding of you and who you know and, and your interests and, and, who, and all that. Um, and that's why uh, fundamentally, we only have like four or five big social apps, and it's so hard to create new ones uh, because, 
you know, you need to scale a network to get millions and millions of users for it to ever mm -hmm. even become a thing. Because again, those networks need the, the data and the connections between you to, to be, to, for you to get a lot of value out of it. So uh, if you think of it, uh, sort of how we do at Lens is uh, when I own all of my followers in that relationship and I own all the content, every post, every video, every tweet I've ever made, I can now very easily plug into an app uh, a new social dApp uh, and uh, bring all the content and my network with me, which means if I'm building these apps for a developer, now the incentive structures have changed and you can now create an app where you don't have to worry necessarily as much about how do I get millions and millions of followers and growth hack this and get funding and like, you know, TikTok spent billions of dollars on acquiring customers and putting advertisements everywhere to get them to download the app. Um, you know, not obviously not many people can do that. Uh, particularly not small individuals who like are working with their buddies on a web three project or something. Um, so now the incentive is I just need to create, create an incredible user experience for my target user and they will bring their followers with them. And it's almost like instead of, and I wish I could take credit for creating this, but I didn't say this. Um, but it's like, instead of in web two, it's like you go and plug into the app and you have to go set up your life there. And now uh, with uh, dApps built on Lens, like the apps come to you and plug into you and everything you're already doing. So let's just clarify that for a second. So Lens protocol is not the application. It is not like the Instagram or the TikTok or the Twitter. It is like an underlying foundational layer in which potentially Instagram and Twitter and that could build on top of, let's assume they probably won't, but maybe, uh, but really anyone can build on top of because it's open and permissionless. And anyone who does build on top of it, um, when someone like uses that app and follows other people, they're not following them in that app. They're actually following them from the underlying like lens protocol layer. And then you can just move from one app to the other, whether it's a YouTube style, a Twitter style, an Instagram style, and your followers, and I guess all of your content just all moves with you from one app to the next. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, and so the, the whole point is, yeah, Lens is an underlying protocol upon which uh, others can build applications or integrate with Lens. Uh, and so our, we already have a, a very robust and like vibrant ecosystem, even though we launched just over two weeks ago. We have over 50 applications that have already been built. Uh, we have a ton more. There's this guy, Miguel, uh, who is the, the purple haired dev from uh, Constitution Doubt, who I literally churning out an app a day, um, <laughs> which is pretty wild. Um, uh, like, for example, yesterday he released something on Lens that says, hey, when I post any content to Lens by what we call our, our publication module, like, so like a post, uh, that post can also automatically be linked to your Twitter. And so when I click on one on Lens, automatically distributing the same tweet or the same content to Twitter. Um, and so that's the whole point, right? Like now, instead of like, of course, it's not an ideal user experience to go have to post on Lens and then also go post the same thing on Twitter if you want to keep a record of this. But I did not expect this quickly to get, start to see tools that are already bridging this gap um, and making it, you know, substantially improved. So, so yeah, people build apps on top of Lens um, and, and there's a ton to choose from. And, and we're really, really focused right now particularly on our grants program and showing up to these hackathons and these conferences to really like get people excited about uh, building on Lens and, and showing what they can do. So you said there's like more than 50 apps already. What are these apps? Can you just sort of explain like what, like how the heck do we have 50 social media apps already? What's going on here? Yeah, so I, there's there's quite a few. I'll, I'll highlight a couple. Um, so there's one that, there are some that are like the best 
features from our web two, our favorite web two products like reimagined and web three. So uh, one that I love to talk about is um, it's called Clipto. Um, Gabriel Haynes created it. Uh, he is uh, basically it's a decentralized version of Cameo, the the video you know app. So he applied back in the day to be a creator on Cameo and was rejected for whatever reason. Um, and he said, fine, well, I'm going to go build my own version and I'm going to make it so that creators can sell videos like Cameo style videos as NFTs to fans. Um, and so he's already working on that. And another one that's being used pretty, uh, pretty heavily is Lenster, uh, which uh, this guy, his uh, Twitter handle is at Yoginth. Um, he created, it's like a decentralized version of Twitter. Um, and what's cool is he really does leverage a lot of the, some of the, the best features. So one of the cool things that I enjoyed most about uh, Lens is we have something called a collect module. Um, and so when I see a post, uh, like it can be an Instagram, a picture, like a photo, it can be any type of media publication you, you share to think, you, you choose to share, um, I can collect that post. Meaning, because the post itself is an NFT, uh, sort of Lens is really powered by, we haven't talked about that much yet, but Lens is really powered by NFTs. We're built on Polygon. And so you have mm -hmm. a profile NFT. When I follow you or you follow me, that issues a follow NFT that's dynamically up, uh, updated in your profile. Um, when you publish content, that's all, again, everything is packaged up in your in your profile NFT. Um, and so, so hold on, let's, let's dive into those. So what sort of NFTs we have, like our, our, our account name. So like, think you're at whatever your Twitter handle is that in this instance, it's whatever your name is dot lens and that's an NFT. And then every piece of content you create is a form of NFT as well. And then when you follow someone or someone follows you, that creates an NFT. That's true. That's exactly right. Uh, Why is that so necessary for that to be an NFT? That's a great question. So NFTs really allow us to like, un, like it's really what empowers the uh, the portability and composability that is sort of central to Lens. Um, okay. So I would think of these NFTs not in the traditional sense of like collectibles and artwork. Mm -hmm. um, I would think of them much more as NFTs as a tool. Uh, and so when you have your profile and like, here, here's a good example, uh, because really take advantage of smart contracts. If I'm a creator, and I have a profile, I say, hey, if you wanna follow me, I can set whatever follow logic I want. I can say anyone can follow me. I can say uh, only if you uh, hold a certain NFT or a set of NFTs mm -hmm. for the collection, or you pay me five USDC a month, like a Patreon subscription model, or wow. you are one of my first thousand followers, which we can identify because when you issue a follow NFT, so when I follow you, there's an ID associated with it. So you know if I'm your first hundred thousandth or millionth follower, um, which is an indicator in many cases, of, you know, in some cases at least, of like being early to someone, right? And, and mm -hmm. having a way to show that. Um, mm -hmm. And so all of that logic is really powered by smart contracts um, and you know, ERC seven twenty one tokens, which are NFTs. It, so um, it makes it makes me think about uh, Cannes Festival just happened. Uh, the uh, which most people know is like movies film festival right uh, and i was reading uh, just the other day a summary of it and talking about how much nfts and web3 held the stage at cans and one thing that one guy was talking about was how a lot of the language around nfts is very difficult for the masses to understand right now people don't know what nfts are there's actually quite a negative image towards them in the media and in general public which is a real shame and i think that'll change uh, and he actually said that he stopped using the word NFTs and he started just saying access gated. And that's exactly what you're saying is really 
NFTs are a way, the reason you're using NFTs and Lens Protocol is just a way to, to gate access to certain things, which I really thought was a great flip of just the language and the understanding because yeah, why wouldn't we want to be able to simply gate access to our biggest fans versus our newest fans or our most loyal fans? There's so much opportunity to build a deeper relationship with them through this, this model and this, this protocol layer that you guys are building. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way of putting it. And, and I think there's two other sort of specific benefits you get from this sort of architecture with NFTs. Um, there's, there's, there's token gated access, so you can already see all the, imagine all the opportunities for creators or for brands or experiences. Um, but then there's also the portability component, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I can, two examples, like quickly, like one, I can go and build a brand and all the posts, like, a, like an online brand, like a, uh, and I can go one day and decide, like either as the owner of that brand and the owner of the profile where all this thing has been to sell it one day, like a business very easily. Mm -hmm. Or right. if right. I'm a super fan of some artist that blows up tomorrow because their song went viral on TikTok and they're huge and they were on Lens and I'm their fifth follower and they have that like all the things they do, all the tour tickets, all the utilities packed into it. Like you get this if you pay for it or you're one of my top 10 first 10 fans. Now mm -hmm. I have this all this utility built up from being early and I, and I can go sell that right then and there. So that's right. really the, the portability component. The other part that's a little more subtle, but I think is really important is around attribution um, and, and tracking. So today, a, a good example is uh, on Twitter. If you post something and I share it, uh, like I retweet you. And then because I retweet it because of my audience, like I drive a bunch of new followers to you. Uh, uh, you benefit from that today. Like you and I don't know exactly mm -hmm. how, how many people I drove to mm -hmm. you and how valuable mm -hmm. I was to you. Twitter probably knows that. And like you and I don't, and you mm -hmm. as the, the original creator would like to know that so that you can understand who are the tastemakers, who are your biggest supporters, who are your biggest haters, because they drive a lot of engagement too, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and me on the flip side, as a consumer of your content or as a fan, I get, I want to be, get credit, right? Like I want to know, Hey, like I have been this helpful to supporting someone. Um, and then you can bring in pretty quickly the uh, like financial incentives too, to set up like pretty quickly like an affiliate marketing program. So you can say, Hey, um, I'm creating this post. And for every new follower I can attribute to you, I'll give you a dollar or I'll give you a cut of the ad revenue from the video that was posted or, or whatever you want. Um, I tested this out myself recently uh, just to see I've never, I've never sold an NFT in my life, but I went on to Leinster. I have one of those, uh, my favorite photos I took in LA um, where I minted my first NFT or got my crypto Venetian. Um, and like it's in Venice, uh, like right by the, the gallery, Bright Moments Gallery where, where it happened. And um, I said, hey, like I'm, I'm going to auction off this picture. It was really meaningful to me. Here's the story of how I got my NFT little post. And I said, hey, um, you, you, if you want to collect this post using the collect module, uh, the collect feature, uh, you have to pay me uh, 5.2 Matic and there are 52 copies in honor of crypto Venetian number 52, which is like three bucks. It's really not, uh, I'm not really trying to, you know, retire on this one, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I said, Hey, and if you share this, meaning if you, we call it a mirror, uh, and someone buys it because of your mirror, I will give you 52% of the revenue from that sale. Uh, and just to see if people would do it. And it was, and this is my, mind you, we're on Lenser, we launched, it was like a week ago. So the protocol's been out for a week. It was shared like 32 <laughs> times. 
and there have been like 13 of them sold so far, some of which from me, some from people who saw it shared. Um, and I, I thought it was like so cool. And I thought like, that's, there's something here, like there's make something accessible and also a way to like collect and curate like your media. I think a lot of like my media consumption diet and like, what are my favorite posts I see on Twitter? What are my favorite TikTok accounts? What are my favorite YouTube videos of all time? What are my favorite artists? And I have a way to track that now by collecting them. And hopefully in the future, someone else will make a front end where I can organize and display all that and say like, here's my media dashboard. If you like, if you value my opinion on, you know, what shows to watch, take a lot of pride in my recommendations. Like I have all this stuff stored in one place and you can go check it out. And in a future, future state, you know, if I can attribute that I got someone to go watch some show on Netflix, like Netflix should, you know, give me a couple bucks um, <laughs> or, or a discount on my subscription or something. It's true you though. Know? Like, yeah. 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 It really gets you thinking about like, especially when you think about there's so few content consumers rel or sorry, creators relative to the number of people who consume content. Like mm -hmm. every person who posts on Reddit, there's probably like a hundred who could just lurk. Um, and uh, if you think everyone's a content consumer, everyone has a taste and an opinion and everyone should be able to like being, get, getting attribution should be a fact of life. Um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of chuckle to myself when I think about it now, it's like, you'll see on TikTok, like, these controversies with such a remix culture, right? And like someone, some unknown person makes a new viral dance and then a, a mega star on TikTok goes and, you know, does the dance and then the mega star gets the credit. And TikTok yeah. says, hey, you user, be sure to track and give credit. And they're putting that on like people using TikTok to, to give attribution, like that's going to work and scale. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, wouldn't it be nice? I, I wish we lived in a world <laughs> like that. Um, but this should really, is like a good example of something specific that's powered by, enabled by NFTs and uh, a new way of thinking about how to use social media that currently doesn't exist in most cases right. in Web2. Well, that's this, this unlock of digital ownership and being able to own everything in your social you know, world or your social platform just allows for all this stuff to happen, right? Interoperability, programmability to do all these really cool things. Um, one of the biggest problems in social media right now, I feel like is these bots and scammers and fake accounts. I can only assume that lens protocol is fixing this somehow. I don't know what it is, but I'm wondering if you can talk about this because I have someone right now who's created a, a, a fake account of my Instagram and is DMing every single one of my friends every single day right now. <laughs> and I get a message from like five people a day and he goes, Hey, how are you doing? How's your crypto investing going? And he's I trying to scam so them all. Yeah. And it's like, my mom gets it. My mom is like, I don't, is this you? Like what's going on here? So like, <laughs> it's a pain and like, mine's a very small, it just started happening, but this is happening to just millions of people. It is such a pain. Does Lens Protocol fix this? How does Web3 fix this? I'm sure it does. It fixes everything. So please talk about this. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a great question. Um, you know, the, the short answer is we definitely think about it a lot. And I think we're still figuring out how we're going to manage it. I think part of the answer lies in, um, again, the going back to the flexibility and like uh, usability of, of how Lens is structured. So again, people are building apps on top of Lens. And so I'm sure people will find creative ways to make you prove your humanity to be able to interact with those apps. Uh, basically that to say like, I I'm not actually exactly sure how we will um, combat all bots ever. Like I think we've already seen a couple, sure. uh, but uh, you know, on, on like some, some lens apps. Um, but the whole point is like individual projects will have uh, the ability to, to kind of solve this for themselves. And of course we will be helping them along the way. In the meantime, lens is a, this is part of the reason like, 
lens is a uh, whitelist only right now to mint a profile is like as we think through these problems. Um, but it's super important. And uh, again, I think one thing that does change a little bit is if we go back to the incentive structure, a lot of these big Web2 companies, their incentive is to have uh, more accounts, more engagement, like, uh, and in some ways, like this is what Elon keeps poking at with, uh, with Parag, uh, with Twitter is like, he's like, just give me a straight answer. How many bots are there? Because I know that like the company gets some sort of value out of having like bots on there, even if they, to the detriment of the users and the user experience, um, we're not gonna, I don't think we're gonna suffer from those same incentive structures again, because it's really about creating uh, experiences for individuals where you own your content. You know, I as an individual don't want to deal with bots unless they're like useful and like, you know, the kind that help you get, you know, tickets to your favorite concert before everyone else. <laughs> what about the, so when you think of, okay, social media goes on the blockchain, right? We create a protocol around this. Is there gas fees or is there costs associated with it? Because that's one thing, like I'm sure it's not for every transaction, everything you do on there, but is there anything that you do have to pay gas for when you're using Lens Protocol? So, a couple of things. So uh, first and foremost, we're built on Polygon because we really are confident that uh, they are, we, we've seen how seriously they're thinking about like uh, layer two scaling solutions and being a highly scalable platform. Um, the second thing is we've been actually, at least for now, and I, I think we plan to continue, continue this for some time, we've been covering the gas for every transaction mm. uh, on Lens so far. And I mean, it's been like, uh, you know, not for me to say, cause like our genius product and dev teams like optimize the gas and do all that. But like um, so far that's been working quite well. Of course, as we scale in a world where there's the number of clicks and transactions, if every transaction is a click, you know, doing some sort of action on uh, commenting or posting or whatever in a world where we scale, like this is an important question. Uh, that mm -hmm. we'll have to solve. Um, but I'm confident that we will figure it out and that we have a lot of great partners to help us figure it out. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, Lens is totally gasless uh, or many apps on Lens are gasless rather. Um, and uh, and yeah, like it's, it's been going well, uh, quite well so far. So how, how much will users interact with Lens, the Lens protocol versus the apps built on top? Will 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 we sort of walk through like the the basics of what a user's onboarding would look like? They first, yeah, you I'll let, I'll let you walk through it. So so the user so our, our listeners can really understand like what these yeah. steps are so, and how this compares to Web two social. Yeah. So the answer is like for most people, if you're not a developer, like you're just going to deal with the, your whole experience is front ends. Um, and really lens, like my, my product manager makes me say this all the time, like as a mantra, like lens is a database. Uh, mm. It's a shared public database uh, and uh, uh, that anyone can pull from. And so your entire, all, my entire experience as, as someone who works uh, like on lens has been via these front ends since we launched. So the front door is uh, the lens claim page, uh, just claim.lens.xyz, I believe. And that's where you go to mint your profile NFT. Uh, so you'll, you'll connect your wallet and you'll say, Hey, I'll, I'm going to try and get this handle, see if it's available. Um, and then you mint your profile. And then from there, uh, from that website, you can either go to, there's a, we created a little app called the uh, lens friends, which is a way to discover other profiles, uh, that other lens profiles that, um, are optimized based on like recommendations based on like what's in your wallet. So do we have any PO apps in common? Do we have any NFTs in common? And, and, uh, we have some really. Uh, smart dudes who came over from Twitter from their data science team 
who are working on like making that a much more robust experience and beyond just things in your wallet, but like other info that you care to share. Um, and then, you know, from there, you can also go check out kind of wherever you want to go, but that's really where you beef up your profile. Um, you can add any social links. So this is one of, one of the first use cases of a lens profile is as a super link in bio tool. So I can go in there. Um, and the whole idea is like, if I want to follow like you, Kyle, like I'm tired of following you on Twitter and your YouTube and you're this and you're that, like, I want to follow you and anything you care to share uh, that you want me to know about. Um, and that's why you can have multiple, you'll be able to have multiple lens profiles. If you want to have a pseudonymous, anonymous, or, you know, IRL ver you know, uh, version of yourself. Um, and then from there, you can really go and check out any of the apps you want. Um, we're working on like highlighting and like making it clearer, like what is out there, right? Like it's, it's so new. So that's on my to-do list, honestly. Um, but the other thing I'll mention is you do not need to wait for a lens profile to be able to enjoy uh, many of the things that Lens has to offer, many of the apps that Lens that are built on Lens. Uh, and the reason for that is when I when we, we talked about the follows, if I follow you, my wallet is issuing a follow NF, like it's issuing a follow NFT to the profile. So wallets follow profiles, meaning you today can go on to Lens Friends and go and follow whoever you want. Um, assuming that they've said anyone can follow, they might have said you pay me five Matic a month or something like that, if they or they might have chosen to be private. Um, and so there's a lot you can do. And, and my goal, at least, you know, from the growth uh, side of the house is right now we're really focused on helping grow more follows and grow more profiles. Um, and so far we have over 100,000 follows that have been generated across over, I think, 10, 10 maybe now 12,000 uh, profiles that have been minted in two weeks. It's almost, almost like eight wow. or nine or 10 follows per profile on average. Um, so it, 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 we're off to the races, but this is a, it's a long game for sure. I've, I've been writing about how in Web3, I think people are going to start to be able to follow wallets or follow like profiles of someone, and then they can go from one app to another. I never knew it was actually going to be a thing. And then Lens Protocol launched, and I was like, oh shit, sick. it's happening. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love that. Um, can you talk about, so Lens is is a protocol and it's it's not decentralized yet, but it is going to become decentralized. And I don't know if you can sort of like talk more about that, but I'd love to just hear like how that works. Like how do you all of a sudden just become a decentralized protocol versus, you know, a centralized protocol? Um, and, and why does Ave or Lens want to become a decentralized protocol? Like what is the benefit uh, in, in going that route? Yeah, well, uh, it's a great question. So, you know, the, the goal of, you know, like all projects, they start central or like many projects rather, uh, they start centralized and they have the, the goal of eventually decentralizing because the whole point is in, if we're going to go out there and preach about how, you know, we shouldn't be able to censor you, no one should be able to censor you, like, uh, you, you know, you should have ownership over sort of the, you know, your data and, and sort of, again, going back to the core mission and vision and values for Lens, like that exists in a, in a really only in like a decentralized way. Now, I'll also mention we have an API that people can plug into, um, which we do take more of a perspective on. But again, you don't have to use our API. Um, so it's not saying like, uh, we're not trying to say like, oh, we're decentralizing it. We have no, no role in it anymore. You know, like we, we still will be investing heavily in, in making the, the protocol usable um, and, and making it more user-friendly and again, create like uh, hoping, like fostering the ecosystem around it, basically. Um, you know, it, 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 we don't want to live in order to say, just trust us. Like we won't censor right. you. Like, we want to, we want to practice what we <laughs> preach. And, you know, frankly, if we don't like, like what kind of world is that? Like, what are we even, you know, what's the point of lens? 
right? Like right. we gotta we gotta do what we say we wanna do and, and it just takes time, you know. For sure. And so Lens is currently on Polygon. Um, it seems that a lot of people believe that this space is going to go multi-chain and, and for sure multi-layer two, um, at, and that's already kind of playing out and happening. Is there sort of a roadmap uh, or like, is it even possible for Lens to then go across other chains? Because like if Lens becomes the like default layer for social media, what about the people who are on Solana or the people who are on, I don't know, Optimism or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, they have to come over to Polygon or is, do you guys think you'll branch out and try to become a layer across multi-chains as the, obviously the tech's not ready for that yet, but like, as that builds out, is there any, have you guys been talking about that at all? Yeah. So uh, the, the first thing I'll say is you don't need to be, uh, you don't need to build on Lens only exclusively to get a lot of the benefits of Lens. Uh, so you can also be a user, like you can also be uh, on many other chains and, and use Lens simply as the social layer, like the glue between, uh, you know, all the different users and stakeholders. So as a simple example, if, if you were a member of a DAO and that DAO is, you know, membership is powered by some NFT on Ethereum, uh, you can still have Lens where everyone in that DAO has a profile and their Lens profile NFT still lives in the same wallet address as the one they use to hold their token. It's obviously on one's on Polygon mainnet and the other's uh, NFTs on uh, Ethereum. Uh, so you get a lot of the benefits still. Um, I'm not really sure, like, you know, I think we probably have ambitions to like a multi-chain future. Like I'm not, I'm not totally sure we're really not there, like there yet, um, but we definitely have ambition that like everyone can take advantage of Lens and, and what we have to offer. Of course, there will be more, uh, you, you will get more value uh, in terms of like what you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're built on Lens, um, and yeah. and that's why we're seeing a lot of you know, but it doesn't mean like build, building on Lens must be done by everyone. Like as you can imagine, mm-hmm. like we have a specific uh, types of people, whether it's social media, particularly creative talent, but like social media uh, users uh, uh, and more are uh, you know are, are people who are going to get the most value at least first. I think another way to think about like having a social layer. Um, is uh, you know if you if, are you guys familiar with that running app Strava where you like record your runs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's taking the act of going on a run and recording it, and then you making it social. Meaning you can mm-hmm. go participate in leaderboards and competitions and see what your friends are doing. Like it's Strava fundamentally is creating a social graph. This is what we mean by a social graph, like mm-hmm. for the activity of running. Um, and so you can get that same you can apply that same logic and power it via lens for whatever you may be doing on whatever chain wherever you are. Uh, you know, in what three land. Interesting. I got a couple questions about uh, sort of the, some things that you've said in terms of the objectives of getting more dApps, more builders, uh, more users. So I just want to kind of, I'll go through three and then I'll let you answer the three. So um, first is if people, are you trying to get more people on lens protocol layer right now? And if people want to do that, can they do that? Second is, um, how are you guys getting more followers? And if our listeners want to be followers, how can they do that? And third is some of our listeners are builders and they're looking to build right now and thinking about building Web3 companies. And I guess you mentioned the grant program before, and I feel like maybe tell us a little bit about that and how builders could get involved in building on, on Lens. If you yeah. can handle those three questions all at once. Oh, sorry, remind, for, remind me sorry, first, one real quick. <laughs> for, first one was, uh, how, how can I set up my lens uh, uh, yeah, yeah. handle? Totally. Second, how to become a follower. Third, how to build. Got it. So uh, to set up your, again, so to, to mint a profile, 
Uh, it's currently still a whitelist, uh, mm -hmm. but that will change very, very soon because okay. obviously everyone, that's the challenge. Everyone's like, we're so excited. Like, let us do it. Let us play with it. Uh, and we're like, yes, we want to as well. Like, it's very important. <laughs> um, so very, very soon, I'll say, um, in, like in the meantime, uh, you know, what I'd recommend to answer your second question is what can you do right now if you, mm -hmm. if you weren't on the whitelist, if you didn't sign the, uh, we had an open letter that went out uh, before I even joined the company, actually. Um, but uh, if you didn't sign that, you can still go. And what I'd suggest you do is go and follow profiles on Lens that, that you find interesting and compelling. Um, and and mess around with some of the apps. So um, even if you can't uh, do everything, there's a lot you can do. Um, I'd particularly shout out again, Leinster. Um, and uh, I, I think that's probably a great place to start. Um, hmm. So, and then if you're a builder um, and we have our grants program, yes, we do have a grants program. Um, we are about, we've announced cohort, we call them cohort zero, the seedlings. Uh, they've, they've been announced a few months ago. We got the saplings, cohort one um, coming up soon. We actually are gonna be announcing those soon. And then we have a lot of ambition to do a lot more um, hackathons, grants. Um, we have a form. We also, I'll say like, we want, like when we see projects on Twitter, like from this guy, Miguel, for example, or others are like, oh, we should totally like do a spot grant for something like that. So hmm. if you're building on lens and, and you're building exciting stuff, like we will, like, we want to notice it. We want to hear about it. Um, and, and we will be announcing, you know, over the course of the year, many, many more opportunities to, uh, to get a grant from Lens, um, we are really, really excited. And we have also, I should mention some great like partners who, uh, other protocols who we work with that make a lot of more robust activities on Lens possible. So for example, LivePeer, they really focused on how do you do decentralized video content, right? It's very mm -hmm. data intensive. That's gonna require its own whole infrastructure. And so video is a huge part of social media. And so Lens and LivePeer working together is uh, like, they're, they're great to work with and we're excited to, to explore with them similar with like lit protocol. So encrypt, uh, encryption, right? Like you don't want every tweet to not ever be able to be deleted and it's up there forever. And so having an, a way to encrypt messages um, and content uh, and gate it is, is really important. Um, you know, we, there's just a, we, we talked to a lot of different folks. And so um, even if you're not able to build on Lens, I'd say if you're a builder, like start thinking about what those look like. The other thing I'll mention is on our website on lens.dev, I would really check out the developer garden. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just Lens is actually, we updated it now, it's lens.xyz. There's the developer garden. And there's also this page called the ideas page, um, which is ideas.lens.xyz, where we have like thought starters on what will Lens look like? How could you apply Lens to like hmm. music and artists, gaming and game creators, uh, curation, uh, you know, and governance, you know, all these sorts of things. And, and they're really thought starters to get people thinking about like, what does it even mean to reimagine what this looks like or how could I apply lens and what it does in this area? That's super cool. And I imagine it is very difficult to build what you guys are building. Like I think <laughs> building social media is already really, really tough thing to do. And now it's like building a protocol is also really difficult. And you guys are like, Oh, let's do them both. Let's just do it all together. Uh, <laughs> so for the listeners, go help lens, you know, go sign up, <laughs> follow, go, get a grant and help build, like go help them because what they're doing is amazing. What do you find are the biggest challenges? Like I imagine like web three is not mobile friendly yet. Everything we do in social is mobile. Uh, I imagine that's probably a big challenge right now. I don't know. Maybe you guys are going to be the first to bring web three to mobile. Um, what are you guys seeing as like some of the biggest challenges or, or like, you know, roadblocks that you're going to hit, um, you know, as you try to build out this future of, of lens. 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, fundamentally, we know we're playing a long game here um, and that we're we're trying to do something to disrupt uh, like the biggest companies that we would whose products we literally use every single day. Uh, and, <laughs> right. and so, uh, you know, scaling the, the network of people who hold lens profiles, like while the whole, like we talked earlier, like we still as a protocol still like we have to get millions of millions of people. Uh, you know, using lens and understanding why what it's for and why it's important. So first and foremost is getting the message out. Um, and, and so, you know, coming here like with you guys is obviously helpful for that um, because what we found is like, uh, even with, with these challenges, like we have to have a ton of experiences and apps built on top. Like when we have to, we have to go get creators, right? Like if devs are the creators are the engine that power all the, every social media apps, no one's posting, mm -hmm. there's no app. Uh, mm -hmm. By similar logic, if people aren't building on your protocol, like you're not going to go anywhere. Um, right. Lucky enough, at least just like so far, like we've had a ton of enthusiasm and excitement and cool things coming out, but the ecosystem has to evolve so much to the point that by the time I'm hitting up people, I know like creators on TikTok who've got like sizable followings, they're not doing me a favor by checking out lens. Like there is immediate value add that they're going to get from trying out apps right. built on lens that they're not getting in web two. And the way we think about that is like, um, you know, there's three incentives really that creators care about, which is, can I monetize? Can I grow my audience? Or can I deepen my connections and do new things with my existing audience? And so really the focus is, you know, I want, I want to be able to say, hey, if you're a music creator, like here are 10 apps, uh, 10 things you can go do right now on Lens that you're not able to do. Um, and that's like the way, if you're not able to, like a lot of people are not going to get the, the mission of Lens just from me telling them about it, or they'll mm -hmm. appreciate it, but they may not try it. Um, mm -hmm we're going to need to get that message through by showing not telling and by having incredible experiences that people can use um mm -hmm. so that's big picture like the hard part right is making mm -hmm. it so that it's so compelling and and on par like you know with the the user friendliness and speed and accessibility of of our you know web2 counterparts um so you know it, it's that's also the most exciting thing though right is to to do it and to to, to be part of building it um, and to spend every day talking and thinking about it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly up for the challenge. I know my, uh, the rest of the Ave company's team is, and it seems like a lot of other people are too. Absolutely. And so as we start to wrap up, I just have one more question about Lens. So a lot of our listeners are builders um, and they're creating companies and they're entrepreneurs that want to either build a protocol or, you know, build something in Web3. And one of the things that's always interesting to me in Web3 is, how is how are these protocols generating revenue so they can continue to be around long term? Um, right now, it sounds like Lens is paying for all gas fees, so there's expenses. Where does the revenues come from? Like, what's the business model for Lens Protocol if that's even a thing yet? Maybe you're just gonna you guys are waiting until you get really big and then you'll figure it yeah, out. But you know, like, what is the deal there? It's a great question. We really haven't been talked like like haven't been focused on yeah. <laughs> like, amazing. Yeah, like, <laughs> You know, okay. it's like the, uh, the, like, uh, you know, it was always a foreign concept. Although we are familiar with it, web two companies, like, we'll figure out how to monetize later. Let's build something good right <laughs> yeah. now. Let's actually yeah. build something that's not, you know, getting you addicted to, you know, checking your phone or addicted to likes or whatever. Like, let's focus on building the, the right, like the product and the, the experience right now. Um, so let me update, I'll have an update for you on that later. Um, okay. But in the meantime, uh, <laughs> yeah, we are just so excited. You know, we, we're just in the, the, top of the first inning not even maybe yeah. like we'll be at the pledge of allegiance or not the pledge of allegiance the star spangled banner <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so i guess i guess i guess that's one of the benefits of 
being started or born out of Ave, right? A successful, you know, protocol and company already that they can just start to build these things and not have to worry about revenues right now. Um, so that's that's amazing. You can just focus on building a great product that mm-hmm. gives a lot of value. And uh, and I think that's one of the the amazing things about about Lens and where it's going. I gotta ask. I'm a big fan of Ave. I love what Ave's been doing since the beginning. Stani's an amazing, um, you know, entrepreneur. Uh, you guys have, you know, you have Ave the protocol, you have Lens protocol. What are you guys doing next? Like, can you just take me to the future of Ave for a second? Like, when you guys are in your boardrooms talking, you're like, oh, I don't know if you do that. Maybe you're on Zoom rooms. Uh, I hope. But uh, like, what, what's your guys' future plans here? Are you guys just taking over the whole world or what? Uh, well, I'll definitely say that Lens is certainly a priority right now, given we launched two weeks ago. Um, but I think to, to answer your question, like, uh, more more directly, like, uh, people, when they hear of the Aave companies, they think, oh, Aave, DeFi, it's a DeFi thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Stani, you know, as demonstrated by Lens and really like, as you see his presence online, like how he thinks is like, like the Aave companies are really a web-free company. And, uh, you know, we started with, with a DeFi protocol, now a, a social protocol. Um, and, and they've been working on this for like over a year, like back when I, like a year ago when I was at Bitcoin Miami, just learning what the hell an NFT was. You know, we got these people like building this whole, uh, like working on lens. I like, I can't even believe they're seeing that like far ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, I I resonate a lot with it, but I don't even know like what anyone else or is it too soon? Is mm-hmm. it too you know like who knows? Um, but like it really does seem like social summer is upon us, and like the it, you know talking <laughs> about the social app layer of of Web three is like is is happening here and now, and and it's really exciting to see lens be part of it. So I don't know what, what other stuff we got, what Stani's got next, you know? Um, but I, I have no doubt in my mind that there's certainly more ground to cover here and we're not done anytime soon. Well, we can't, we can't wait to see it. That's for sure. Uh, before we wrap up, want to give you a chance, Bradley, to, uh, give any sort of show of lens of Ave of yourself, uh, where can people follow you? Anything you want to recommend our listeners to do to get more involved with Lens uh, or any anything you want to promote? The floor uh, is yours. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, everyone be ready to, to mint a Lens profile when the time is right. We will be very clear about when, <laughs> when people can do it so that you too can mint a profile. In the meantime, seriously, go try out, check out the developer guard and the ideas page. Go check out apps built on Lens. I think um, Lens Friends and Lenster are both good places mm-hmm. to start to uh, see what profiles really look like and how people are using them and also see what kind of content's being posted. And then um, if you want to stay really up to speed on like what Lens is doing, check out the Discord um, and also follow the Lens Protocol Twitter account for sure. Um, and follow Stani if you haven't already because um, he's got some very entertaining content in, in addition to being very informative. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, that's, that's the, the shill for now, I guess. What, what's awesome. your lens handle? How do I follow you on lens? I'm just I think like I my you, Twitter but... handle, just like my Instagram. I am Brad or Bradley. In this case, Brad or Bradley dot lens. <laughs> do we have time for a speed round? Can we make a speed round happen? Yeah, yeah, we say, so, uh, yeah you got yeah. you got a few more minutes for us. Okay, sure. awesome. Uh, and just to mention quickly, all those uh, links and uh, pages that uh, Brad mentioned will be in the show notes. So uh, we'll make sure you guys got links to those. Uh, okay, speed round. Uh, Let's let's start with. Um, I was gonna usually the first speed round question is favorite person to follow on Twitter. So I'm gonna flip this yeah. and I'm gonna say favorite person to follow on Lens. Favorite person <laughs> like to follow that. on Lens. Um, He's like, there's only 20 people. Honestly, follow Miguel. 
follow Miguel Piedrafita. I think that's how you spell his name. This guy's churning yeah. out an app a day on Lens doing some crazy stuff. So he's, he's wild. Amazing. Do that. <laughs> makes sense. Uh, okay. Other than uh, than Lens, let's go. Let's actually go out of the Ave ecosystem for a second. Uh, favorite other project could be a protocol, could be an NFT. And I wouldn't even say favorite. Something that's kept kept catching your interest that you've been uh, um, interested in recently. Uh, anything out yeah. there that you're 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 eyeing? Colors Community DAO. Uh, I'm big fans of them. So I, I I used to watch their video. I still watch their music videos. Uh, you know, incredible. And now they're really like a music artist focused community folks mm. inspiration that's now really taking serious steps to to be uh, an early member of the Web3 community. And I think it's great because music artists have so much to gain from Web3 that they I think they get the most screwed in the current Web2 uh, structure. So keep paying attention to them. Okay, awesome. Colors community, though. we'll definitely check that out. Uh, favorite slang word in Web3 or token name there's so many funny token names out there uh which which one uh makes you laugh web3 slang uh we say we say uh friend like f-r-e-n like mm -hmm. all the time at work and like i catch myself writing it in emails like i probably <laughs> <laughs> stick to regular english um but that's probably gotta be one of my favorites i get a good chuckle every time awesome awesome well with that, thank you so much for being such a good friend today and for showing up for all of our listeners. This was awesome. Uh, we're definitely going to have to do a part two. I feel like we're going to have to do a part two in a week based at the rate you guys are moving right now. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way. Um, I, I'd love to. I'd love to introduce you to some other members of the team. Um, you know, and, and yeah, we're so we really appreciate the support. And we're so excited to see um, you guys and, and really everyone. Um, you know, joining Lens and, and checking out what we're doing pretty soon. Awesome, Brad. Thank you so much. And uh, excited to, uh, to see more of your content on Lens. Thanks so much. Talk to you later. Have a great one. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. By the way, if you have yet to join the Discord community, you are missing out. This is where all the magic happens. This is where we learn, where we ask questions, where we network. Uh, you want to be in there. The link to join is in the description below. And finally, a quick disclaimer. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.